This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mark, guess what? What's it? We're talking? We're live. Good. This is a turn of fucking events. Hmm. So I'm going to sound this one off, man. And I'm going to tell you something. This one, this one's a privilege to sound off for you, man, just to even introduce the show and where it's at now, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going I'm to sound off and then we're going to dive on into it, all right? The Sharp Tank. No jumper. Sharpest, coolest podcast in the world. And today, I have a man like it. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, um, I feel a little emotional about this one a little bit, mm. you know, because uh, where me and you started, like I said, you know, uh, 16 minutes and one second really changed my life. I got Mark from soft white underbelly in the building today with me. How you doing, man? Good, Sharpie, how are you, babe? I'm doing good, man, I'm hanging in there. How about yourself? I'm great. Yeah? So tell, uh, so you know, for the viewers that, uh, that don't know you, because I'm sure there's a lot that do, uh, can you please uh, let some of the viewers know what soft white underbelly consists of and where it originated? It's, uh, I'm a photographer. Mm. I've been a photographer my whole life, started out in advertising. Mm -hmm. But all along in my career, I was always, thank you, I was always doing side projects, like personal work, which was usually, very often it was uh, like portraits of like, you know, when I lived in Chicago, I'd I'd photograph drunks that were living on the street. I thought that was fascinating. These guys lived a life that was like, I couldn't even imagine. So that's how I started doing that kind of stuff. And then I was doing advertising and going back and forth. I would keep going back to this kind of, this underworld, this street kind of content. I was always fascinated with dark, interesting stuff like that. So that's where I started. And I did a book called Create Equal, which was, uh, was published, I think 2010 it came out. It's out of print now, so it's hard to find. But it's, uh, it's just portraits of interesting people. Again, like Create Equal, but a more varied mix of, of people, everything from there's an astronaut in there, there's a ballerina, there's a homeless man, there's a drug addict, there's, there's everything. Everything you can imagine. I went to every, each of the lower 48 states and shot everything you could, you know, every, everything that exists in the U.S. Mm. Ku Klux Klan, everything. And uh, that's where I really kind of just learned my chops and how to deal with these kind of people. Yeah. They're not just like your regular folks who like, you know, if you make an appointment with your insurance agent, he's going to be there. The majority of these people that I'm interviewing on for Software Underbelly, they, they don't show up on time. They don't like they don't. You, even you don't show up on time. <laughs> Nobody shows up on time. And, and don't it, you do that, Laura? <laughs> Laura said the man's still the same to this day. <laughs> but but it's 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 a it's a very different protocol yeah. with with the kind of people that I'm doing for this project. Right. They're just they're unreliable. They're shady. They're there's a lot of shit going on that doesn't go on with your normal person. Yeah. But I, but I learned it on that project, and uh, and now I put down advertising and I just do this. This is all I do now. Yeah. When you start, what made you put down advertisement? I mean, I remember you telling me, you know, there was nothing you really wanted for in the world. If you wanted to get up, you know, you lived across the street from celebrities. Yeah, you yeah. know, no, you, I made a lot of money in advertising, so yeah. that's really where my money. You say came. you'd wake up in the morning, uh, tell your wife and them, hey, you guys want to go to. Paris, go to Paris. Oh, pack your bags. We're out of here today. <laughs> no, I, 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 I was very. I, I worked my ass off in advertising. I made a lot of money. Yeah. And I saved it, and I yeah. bought a couple houses, and 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 
lived a great life. Right. But at some point, money isn't really that important. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make you happy. So what was it that made you go down and because your your studio is in skid row right in the heart of it. it's right in the heart of it yeah. it's not in some it's not in some bougie area it's not <laughs> no. where you know no. it's not in the hills it's not in none of that where you go get these people and you bring them up you know you're right in the heart i'm right in the action tell me what made you really start to want to create these videos? Because I've seen you do stuff with incest people. I've saw you do it. The 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 list is really broad. Yeah, it's going to get broader too. But but for what you know, we can talk about that later. Uh, I again, like I've always been a photographer. So I was I had my advertising studio, which was in Culver City in L.A., and it was a nice neighborhood and it was safe and very different than where I'm at now with with this studio. Mm. But I like, you know, I, I want to shoot these kind of people and they're not going to be able to, I can't relocate them to my studio where I shoot advertising stuff. So I just got a cheap little studio down on, uh, again, on Skid, uh, on 6th Street in, on Skid Row. And uh, I just started doing portraits and I was doing lots of them, lots of them. It, it never turned into a project, but I have lots of great portraits of people on Skid Row. What was the reasoning of that? Why were I, you I starting just, to again, take portraits? Same, same thing I did when I was a 14 year old in Chicago sh shooting drunks on the street. It was just interesting to me. And then I started doing interviews. I did an interview with Caroline, who's a heroin addict, mm. uh, that I got to know. A really beautiful young lady who's a heroin addict, prostitute. And I said, hey, t tell me your story. I'll, I'll, I'll videotape it. Yeah. And she did, and it was just mind-blowing. It was like, wow, that's heavy. That's so heavy. And I just thought I hit a home run the first time at, yeah. at bat, and I was like, that's never going to happen again. Yeah. But I kept doing them, and they were all interesting in different ways, very yeah. different ways. This one... You know, this one was interesting for this reason. That one was interesting for that reason. This one was heartbreaking. That one was just fascinating. And I just kept doing them. And there are all kinds of different people down there. There's, there's, there's alcoholics. There's drug addicts of all sorts. There's mentally ill people, like by the truckload. Uh, transgenders. There's, there's prostitutes. There's pimps. There's everything. Everything that, that that whole underworld has is all basically down on Skid Row. And, it, and, they're, and they're just bringing in new ones all the time. You know, the Greyhound stations down the street and the, you know, other cities around the country will get rid of their their unwanted people and just put them on a one-way ticket to LA and they drop them off at the Greyhound station on 7th Street, which is just down the street from my studio, and here they come. I, if I, sometimes I just sit outside my door and here come the people from the Greyhound station. Mm. <laughs> and they'll be, hey, come on in here. What is normally, what, and I, I'm just asking, what would be normally for somebody that comes off the street, comes from off a of skid row, what would be like that? Do you give these people, you give them money I give for them money. these? Yeah, typically. What would be, what would be like the most, from the least to the most you would give the average person walking in that you would yeah, want you, to you capture know, the story? Uh, just the way that in our first interview, I asked you a question. You said, I'd rather not answer that. Mm -hmm. I'd rather not answer this one. Understandable. Cause, cause there's a lot of things I do that I learned on that first project that are, are important in terms of how I do this. Mm. And I just want to protect that. Right. I don't want to tell everybody how I do everything. And it's like, it, then yeah. you got a million people doing it. I don't, I don't know that what I do is that duplicatable anyway. Yeah. It'd be yeah. hard for somebody else to do this. Yeah. Well, I'm sure people would think about you, Mark. They probably think, you know, here's this man shooting. But I'm generous. I'm yeah, generous. Uh, of course. I'm, I, of course. I, I, I err on the generous side. Of course. But, you know, here's this man, you know, um, filming these people what would he have in common people probably would try to ask like what does he have in common with him does he do drugs with him never smoke does pot. he never smoke pot i've never smoked pot when i'm around you i get high because there's so much pot in the air like here. right of course have you ever done any other narcotics crack never. meth never nothing no haven't had a drink of alcohol in a while yeah. how long shit i don't know two years three years two years three if i'm i'm, I'm not against drinking i'm a happy drunk but i yeah. just i go to the gym every morning i'd rather be in good shape in the morning rather than yeah. hammered so I don't yeah but uh, drugs are not my thing right respect that you know because like I said I, I think people probably think like what does he have in common with these people does it is it drugs or is he tricking with the prostitutes are you no, spending money no, with no, him for I never, your I never do that your uh, own self-sexual gain you know I don't think that you do either because you don't come off as that person I'm just saying what yeah. no, people I, think that you you know I want to get some clarity yeah, with yeah, you no, into I, what you do yeah I think it's I'm fascinated with the human struggle. Yeah. And these struggles are intense. They're like, this, they're like the human struggle on steroids. Yeah. A lot of fertilizer on, the, on these kids' childhoods. Yeah. 
of damage. You know, it's, it's just like, whoa. Like, you hear some of these stories, like, man, like nothing like mine. Yeah. Like, I had two, I had, I'm sorry, I had, no, I had two good, great you're parents. Good. You're good. Relax. <laughs> I had two great parents. And it's almost like it's a thank you to my parents, uh, what I'm doing. Yeah. Why would you, what, what makes you feel like it's a thank you to your parents? I, Break I think that down my parents with. did a great job. They did a great job raising me and my sister. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my mom died a couple of years ago. What do you do? You know, you can't, she's gone, but <clears throat> it's like a thank you. Just to, you know, because I, I think what I'm doing can, <clears throat> if I keep, you know, keep plugging away at it, it can eventually get people to see how important parenting is in the raising of a child or a person, you know. Those first five years, seven years, ten years are super important. To have a dad who's a role model, who's somebody who's going to teach you the difference between a hustler and a good guy, to show you the kind of man that that you should want in your life as a, as a young girl. And to show a young man how, how to be a man. And the same thing with a mom. You know, it's, it's super important stuff. And it's, it's kind of like unraveling as, as each generation goes by. It's like you see the parenting just getting more lax and more off target. And it just seems like things are going haywire. I mean, there's, there's little girls, you know, that know you know that wear actual like just real makeup man seven eight years old nine years old and their parents are just allowing these type of things because they feel like it's cute now in the moment versus what the child might actually end up being later on in life and it, you know people have to understand something man like about maybe 12, 13, about 13 years old to 18, 19 years old is the most very, the most very vital time of a child's life because that's where they're going to really start picking up things. They're going to start understanding that, you know, okay, this is how this goes. They understand when they can hear when mom's mom and dad's arguing and they can kind of, they can understand what they're talking about now versus when they were kid, it just sounds like the house is a loud house. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a lot different, you know. You start to be able to see and you start to be able, you start to pick up these these traits, man. Because I'll tell you this, you are right when you say that, Mark. Like when it comes to children's upbringings, it really does shower the child more than they know what the parents are doing around them. Yeah, the kids know. You know. Kids are smart. They may not understand exactly, but they can sense and feel that there's some fakery, some bullshit, some crazy yeah. shit going on that yeah. isn't right. And when yeah. a kid's confused, they just think that maybe being confused is the way you go through life. You know, I, I got a divorce five, six, seven years ago, five, like five or six years ago. And I realized, you know, that my daughters didn't know exactly what happened. I have two daughters. And I said, shit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit them down and tell them exactly how dad fucked up. And it's what not all my fault. You what know, do you it, feel it, like you fucked up at Mark? Well, no, I'm not saying I fucked up. It's just, it's just I mean, I, it, it takes two to tango, but whatever the case, I, I got involved with him and that, that ended the relationship, and I just wanted them to know everything there was to know, everything that was useful for their minds to process. That's what happened with my parents. Yeah. I mean, we're still great. I mean, we, you know, 
Cool with your ex-wife? Yeah, everything's cool with my ex-wife. You know, I spend Christmas with her back in, you know, go to visit her all the time, and it's, it's great. We have a great relationship. You'd think we're still married, but <clears throat> all I'm saying is my kids, you, you want to respect your kids' minds and, and just make them realize that they're worthy of everything, from unconditional love to, to understanding how the world works to understanding what a man and what a woman should be when they grow up. All that stuff is super important. You guys never thought about working it out? You and your kids? We, me and my ex-wife? You mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Probably not. Probably not. You, I, I would, you I would, accept I would, that pretty much. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I love her and she's great. Greatest woman I ever met. But I don't know. I mean, it, it, it isn't something I... It, it, was, it was the greatest relationship ever. It was a, a magnificent relationship. 17 years we were married. People used to say, like, you know, man, you guys are like newlyweds. How, how long have you been married? Like, well, we've been married 12 years. It was great. Can't help who the spirit attracts to. No, no. You can't control that. No. No, you cannot control that. And, but she was great. You know, she, my, she was pre-approved by my mom. She worked with my mom. She was a model. My mom was a model in Chicago, and she worked with my mom. And my mom goes, you should meet my son, jokingly, I think. And they started joking back and forth, and then she showed a photo, and next thing you know, I was coming out to visit, and we went on a date, and uh, we went on one date, and she said, no, I'm busy the rest of the weekend. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what? What do you mean you're busy all weekend? I've, you know, that just makes you chase. Yeah. That just makes you chase. Have you, I have to ask you this, is there any, have you ever, like, throughout doing these interviews, because you seem like the type of person you don't really attract to looks you attract to because i'm the same way you attract to the vibe somebody gives you the whole thing the you know but not just necessarily because i feel like okay you've had attractive women in your life before right yeah you know they can turn out to be pretty bums so you start to look into them more as okay well this is somebody that you know i i want more out of the situation i don't just want sex you know you're looking for something a little bit differently have you ever felt any type of way about any of the people that you have interviewed on your channel or oh, yeah, yeah. anybody that you've ran into yeah there, on Skid Row? There's, there's been a few people you know i'm, I'm, a, I'm a single guy yeah. <laughs> you know and, and i don't necessarily get involved with hustlers like like the typical people mm. i interview yeah but i will admit that some of these people have souls that are that are interesting and and great personalities and there's they're attractive and there's been there's been three or four women that are just like, wow. Yeah. Tell done, me, me and, me and you, um, me and you had a phone conversation. We have, we have a lot of phone conversations. We, we do. We have a lot of, you know what I'm saying? We, we had a phone conversation and there was this one conversation where me and you had to where you were like, man, Sharp, because you had called me and you was like, man, there's this one girl, man, and I just don't oh, yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't have to bring up any names, you yeah, know, yeah. or mention any names, but you were like, man, there's this one girl, man, like she's just, she just reaches my soul. You I, know, liked, she, I liked her a lot. You liked her a lot, man. Yeah. And you, you tell, tell us a little bit about that. I'd rather you explain it versus <laughs> she, me explain the yeah, story. No, she, she was a, you know, I, I, go down, I used to go down to Figueroa Street and, and just look for girls to interview, not, not for anything else. Never, yeah. never done that. But, uh, Mark, <laughs> believe it or not. You don't have to do any disclaimers. Yeah, we, no. we're, we're here. <laughs> no, whatever. You, know, you, can, you can ask all these girls what, what kind of shenanigans I get into. Yeah. I don't do that. Um, yeah. but, but I was down there and... Uh, I came up on this girl and she goes, hey, hey, honey, you want a date or whatever? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. And I pulled away. I'm like, well, well you, you, you know when you meet somebody and just like, what was that? It was one of those things where it was just like, right. there was something about her that just like, that was different. Even though she's, she's a girl that's working the street. That's, I've never, ever, ever done something like that. So I go around the block and I come back and there she is and I go, just get in, just get in. And she gets in. <laughs> and I right fi- the fuck on, Mark. And I figured, like, right the fuck no, on, no, Mark. No, so I, I got to know her and we got along great and everything was cool and it was just like, it was, it was, she, she, to me she was fascinating. You know, she mm. was intelligent, seemed to have a really great heart. She was just really a really warm person, like really like, just had a really special personality, very unusual for that kind of girl, right? A girl yeah. that's working the streets. Yeah. She was very different. But 
uh, got to know each other. I would see her quite often. But then she uh, one day just flipped. Like, what'd she do like well, what? she she called me once and asked me if uh, if i'd help her like get off the streets and all that stuff and i'm like yeah sure i'm your guy but just want to let you know there's no strings attached this is not a sugar daddy thing this is not anything like that i'm just going to help you which is what i do with a lot of these people right and uh <clears throat> that was that i said I'm, I'm busy right now let me call you when i'm done working and I'll, I'll we'll talk tonight and then she never never answered her phone tried her the next day never answered her phone and i, I went back to where she works and there she is on the street sees my car and just runs away. What did you... <laughs> so I, 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 think, I think what it is, is is just sometimes people get scared. Well, they what did you... Even good things. What do you... And, 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 and scared, I feel like, is a surface word for what it probably really, really was. What did you make of that when she just kind of walked off? What was the feeling that but came I, about when you were sitting there and, you know, this is the same chick that was just asking you for a date. You know, and yeah, yeah. you came around the corner, you told her to get in, and she got in as fast as she could. And then when you went back to, you know, go and try to, you know, because you, you felt some type of connection, you go back and then she boos you. Yeah, make a long story short. That, that was over the course of a month or so, I think. So you were talking to her for a whole month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything was cool. It was cool the entire time. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, just it, it turned on a, on a dime. I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. But I assumed at the moment, and I, I still probably do today, that she just kind of got freaked out at that. Your girls that are doing that kind of work have a real hard time with a loving relationship. You know, they probably had a dad that wasn't the greatest in one way or another. Not true, Mark. They all look for love, Mark. They all looking for love. And I've said it to you on the very first interview that me and you had. Mm -hmm. What did I say to you? My famous where I said, man, everybody, all of us, including you, we're all searching for something that we've never had before. Yeah. And that can even ring in the, in the time of saying even the ultimate love. We're looking for a certain type of love, man. Yeah, yeah, right. Everybody's so, love is rare, man, whatever makes them tick. Yeah, so maybe mine was a different flavor than what, she's, what, what she wanted. She was, what she wanted. Yeah, yeah. You so know? whatever. But, but she, her reaction was so strong. It was like, whoa. Like, you know, the, the, I mentioned this before in interviews before, the, the, one of the best things I've ever learned, most useful things, uh, A Course in Miracles. I'm not a religious dude, but it's, it's a religious book based on the Bible, I think. Uh, and I, I know. Um, but it, uh, one of the best quotes in there, which I just can't forget still to this day, is everything we do is either an act of love or an act of fear. Hmm. And if you, once, if, if you boil down everything you do as either love or fear, you see that a big percentage of what we do is out of fear. So when somebody reacts that strongly to, to me just being kind, mm -hmm. I know that she's scared shitless of something. Yeah. Didn't know exactly what it was, but reacted strongly to just kindness. As a, as a man, so, as a, cause I would consider you so, a- so that, was, that was the end of that. <laughs> I, but I consider you a wholesome man. Yeah, yeah. You I, know, I, I would so call that. what good... was it that you naturally like, cause you obviously when you saw the girl, it wasn't about no money. You didn't care about paying her. You didn't care about, oh, I just want to get a quick nut. I want to do all this. No, when you saw her, you got an, a, a different type of feeling yeah, about yeah, her. Sure. What was it that you saw that struck you or listened to her about that struck you? It, it's, you know, it's, it's a, that's what love is. It's that mysterious thing. If you could boil it down, you would just put on a, put out an app and, and list your qualities and somebody would deliver and you'd be done. You feel like you fell in love with her? Well, it had it had the, had the possibility for that. It takes more than, you know. There was there was definitely that initial reaction uh, attraction for mm -hmm. sure, but it, it never got a chance to take off, and that was that. That happens a lot, I think. A lot of people that could be right, just it never works out. One of the, because I don't want to keep stabbing at your heart on that one, or no, having fine. you talk about I'm that, over. you know. And then that's good, you know. So we'll we'll take a change here in events, and I, I want to talk to you about man, one of the crazy. What, to you of all time, what was one of the most craziest interviews you've ever had the opportunity to witness or to record? Uh, there's been a lot, but one of the most extreme that everyone can probably grasp is a guy named James who was a rapist. I, I titled it Rapist Interview, but he actually murdered a girl, a prostitute in New Orleans, I think it was. He uh, picked her up and murdered her and he, t he talked about that and he also talked about how he was um, th that's in the in, uh, initial interview he also raped his mom when he was a kid it's very interesting the way he says it 
You know, he's, he's, he, he speaks super softly. Everyone gives me a hard time for the audio on that video because it's, he's so hard to understand. But the, you know, the traffic noise outside my studio is what it is. And you speak nice and loud. So for you, the audio is no problem. But mm. when, when he's talking like this and he's mumbling, and it's like, it makes it really hard to understand what he's mm. saying. And the traffic noise drowns him out. But he, he mumbles something about something with his mom. And I asked him to repeat it. And he, he basically, has, you know, I raped my mom. <laughs> which is heavy. Um, but then in other, I, did, I interviewed him, I think, like five or six times. And in some of the later ones, he talks about how he was, you know, there's websites where you can look up who the sex offenders are in your neighborhood, and down in Skid Row, they're all over. They're, they're, every block has plenty of them. Because they have to be in these neighborhoods where there's no schools and no, no kids around. And yeah, you can't be in certain zones. Yeah, Skid Row is a goldmine for those, those guys. Right. Lots of them. And, right. and he would find them and murder them pisses me off man i gotta smoke just to even hear the story it just it, it boils me he said man. he walked into the police station told them what what he was doing and they go we know who you are so this man like, you, that's you, you, raping you, you, and killing women no no, 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 no raping and killing uh, sex offenders oh this man was killing sex so, offenders. so when, when when he was on skid row he told me he was killing sex offenders earlier in his life he 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 murdered a girl there was a prostitute in New Orleans, and then he also attempted murder on a girl, but she didn't die um, years later. He did less time for that one. And then he had eventually got stabbed, and he died on, on Skid Row. What happened to him on Skid Row? He got, he got stabbed and ended up dying. Somebody found out his jacket. Could be. That's what happens. I'm going to be honest with you, man. When somebody... When you're out there in the streets, it's like, I've said it before, man, you know, especially being on Skid Row, it's kangaroo court. Why do you think you had people that were out there? I think you interviewed somebody that was a debt collector. Mm -hmm. He was a debt collector. You collect debts on Skid Row. Maybe collect some of them people out there that are debt collectors that are on Skid Row, go and collect a life. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's... It's to, to hear these type of stories, man, of people and the type of things that they will be comfortable with coming and even sharing with you on camera speaks volumes. My most, the, the, the one that hit me the hardest from you, I mean, obviously I'm on your channel. I've done four. I've done four. I've done a, you know, and they've gotten well watched, you, you, you know. You, you, you're, you're one of the most popular people on my channel the one that I, i'll tell you this well if i felt like i was ever getting beat there was one maybe two episodes that you did that i felt like just touched a different demographic of people was when you went and you interviewed the whitakers the inbred family in west virginia inbred family in west virginia tell yeah. us a little something about that so that they, they, like they are a family that i discovered when i did that book i mentioned earlier create equal mm. <clears throat> i was in west virginia and came upon a uh, a cop in a truck stop <clears throat> and uh told him what i'm doing you know cops are good because they know everybody and everything in, in their county and he uh he goes yeah i got all kinds of people i could show you and uh he goes you want to meet me here at three o'clock i get off at three I'll meet you right here. So I met him there at three o'clock, and he took us to this piece, you know, this 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 family, this family, this one, and then it's, it rained really hard, and we our, all our equipment got wet, and we had to bail. So we left. But he says, "You got to come back. You got to come back. I, I've saved the best for last." So we came back like a week or so later, and he he told me before he said, "Bring a video camera," and I wasn't doing video at the time. <clears throat> this was 10, 12, 13 years ago. I came back and he goes, you got a video camera? I'm like, no, I don't do video. He got, he got really upset. I said, no, I just don't do video. I just don't do photographs. He was really upset. But so we, we go down there, go down this road. It's just like your, your, your mind imagines it. Just a road that turns into a dirt road, turns into barely even a road. And then you come on these two houses, one on this side, one on that side of the road. They're shacks. One's a motor home and the other one's just a shack. Maybe it was a motor home that was kind of converted into a looks like a building but we come around the bend and there'll be there's like one guy who's just yelling like barking like a dog one guy's staring at you but the eyes are going off in different directions another one doing the same it was, it was just like deliverance times five and it was the craziest thing ever at the time 
And I figured out that this is going to be tricky to get them to let me photograph them. Forget about interview. I wasn't even thinking interview at the time. Um, but just to get a photograph the way I do it, like a formal portrait is going to be like, these people are too wild. They're like wild animals. You can't get them to sit still. But I was patient. I, I set up and had my backdrop up and the camera and lighting and all that. And everything was set. And then they, uh, I wanted to shoot the three brothers together. There's 15 kids. So there's a lot of them. But they're not kids. They're adults now. You know, they're, they're in their 40s probably at the time. Maybe 50s even. I don't know. They were, they were older. But they were fascinating. And uh, I got the two brothers to stand for it, but R uh, Ray would not. He was just too out of control. Like every time I'd even speak to him, like he'd, I'd have the camera set and he would stand like three inches from the camera. Like, no, 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 Ray, I need you to stand. Over. Like every time I spoke to him, he just ran off like a, like he got really upset, started screaming and would run off and his pants would, the pants had no belt and the pants would fall around his ankles and he went in the corner and shot a, uh, started kicking a uh, garbage can. Mm. And he did that over and over and over. And then eventually somebody pulls up with a shotgun and a pickup truck and got really upset that I was trying to photograph these people. But what I explained to him, he wanted to, he wanted to shoot the city slicker. But I told him, like, you know, because what happened is when we showed up that first time, um, somebody had just died in the family, whether it was a grandmother or an aunt or somebody, somebody had passed away and they were kind of in mourning. So it was, it was hard enough to even photograph them in the first place because they're dealing with that. But... I told them that, because I was shooting 8x10 film and 8x10 Polaroids at the time, which are instant, of course. I told them, I, I do these instant photos, and I can give you a portrait of the family that you can put in the can, uh, casket so the, the deceased can take the family with them. And they like that idea, so that, that's what I did. And that's, that's like the f quick thinking that you have to do sometimes in order to make things work out. So it worked out. Eventually, got Ray to stand for that portrait, and that—that's the photo that you see in that uh, in that first Whitaker video. It was it was cringy a bit. Yeah, it's 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 di it's different. It's hard to imagine that exists in the United States, but I think there's more more of it than than you think. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there is. You know, I mean, I mean, if you look at the beginning <laughs> of time, you know, I mean, when you say we're all incest, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but uh, people question the... They're just different. There were more in the family. Because when I watched it, you know, there was only one person that you were speaking to, and I think that was the mother. And she no, was no, the... No, they're, they're, they're all siblings. They're all siblings. They're all siblings except for Timmy, who is a uh, nephew, I believe. So there's no mother there. The mother and father are deceased. These are all the, 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 the offspring. They're all brother and sister except for Timmy. Wow. Yeah. Some are older, some are younger. So she looks like a, grand, a mother, but she's actually a, a sister. Wow. You're talking about Betty. Um, she was sitting in the rocking chair. Yeah, that's Betty. Holding the dog. She, she's a sister. So that's just all her brothers and sisters. They're all brothers and sisters. Now, they're not having sex with each other. The parents. Now, the, the, now people question the, you know, if you look at the family tree, they say the parents were double first cousins. Whatever a double first cousin is, I'm not sure, exactly sure what that is, but yeah, I'm not sure the parents either. were double first cousins, but then they're, they're also, there's all these genealogy people that have contacted me about the Whitaker family, and they said at one point, for some of the siblings, that the parents were brother and sister. Oh. So I don't know what the truth is. And honestly, I, I, you know, I, I heard some stuff recently that the, the environmental damage from coal mining causes genetic damage, and that, that, could be, that could explain a lot of what you see in that family too. Because they're in coal country. So you're their saying father, their father was a coal miner. So you're saying they're not only incest; they might have coal mining issues from things that were going on in the Appalachians. I, I, I would bet that that's what's going on there. Combination of both. Wow. Yeah, but but regardless, after you have one kid and they come out off like that, and you have a second one, mm -hmm. you would think that you, you would put the brakes on having kids. But there's there's 14 kids, I think. 14 of them. 14. How many lived right there in that area? In that area? I think most of them. A couple moved to, like, uh, Virginia, which is just over the border, and other counties in West Virginia. But just in that little immediate, just in that county, there, I think most of them were there. Yeah. When I witnessed, when I, when I watched the video, I noticed that even though the houses were ran down and the houses were messed up at a trailer across the street or whatever, 
it was a very beautiful area. Virginia is very beautiful. West Virginia is gorgeous. West Kentucky, Virginia. Kentucky and West Virginia are is, is a very states. beautiful place. And then when I was watching the video, I watched you talk to one of the, uh, the one that was barking like a dog. Ray. Ray. And you asked him where his brother was buried. Yeah. You know, and he, the, the way that he moved you. You know, and brought you. Yeah, say, come, come on, like you want to go. You want to go I, see. I, I don't know that that's what actually happened. I still don't know to this day. I don't. I. I would guess it's not. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he took you to a burial. Yeah, ground, if you look at they, him, it looks like somebody was buried there, and he's pointing to the ground, and, and we're talking about his brother, and we're. You know, so I don't. I don't know what the truth is. Sometimes you have to accept that you're not going to know what the truth is. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. Like with that girl that you mentioned earlier, I don't know what the truth is. Yeah. You just have to. Except that you don't know the total, the whole story. Yeah, let's so. talk about the uh, because it, this one, this, this particular case that we're going to talk about, I noticed that this kind of brought you a little bit more of a problem, and you you were having some. I ain't going to say issues, but you were just having some complications with the situation with the girl exotic. Mm. Let's let's talk about that a little bit and let's let's dive into that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to pull anybody under the bus. Of course you, not. That's not the, what you're here to do. Even you know, you're here to tell the truth. We're in the sharp tank. Hey man, we're in the sharp tank. So you know, we're gonna go as deep as possible as 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 much as you're as as far as you're willing to go down. Here, here's what here's what I'll say about that. Because I, I tend to do things in a way where I'm not I take the high road. Mm. A lot of people, a lot of these hustlers that I interview, mm tend to play things differently. So helping is not part of my channel. That's not what this channel, Software Underbelly, is all about. But I'm just a sucker slash nice guy, whatever you want to call it. Adam would call me a sucker. Somebody else might call me a nice no, guy. No, he ain't going to call you that. Whatever. No, whatever. He's not, he's but but, not but I'm helpful to a lot of these people. Some, I'm, some I've been more helpful to. And what, what people don't understand, like Azraya, Exotic, uh, got a lot of help. But the reason she got so much help her video just took off for, for whatever reason. She's a very pretty girl, right? Mm. And her story was, was interesting, but it wasn't more interesting than 95% of the other girls on FIG that, that I interviewed. Mm. But there's something about her video that just took off. She got five marriage proposals. Uh, she got like countless people saying, you know, you can come live with me. You and your kids can come to Australia, Belgium, Canada, United States, all these different places. Come live with me. You can live with us for free. So she got all this out, outreach, people wanting to help her, people wanting to marry her, people uh, wanting to donate money. So I have a, cha I have a GoFundMe, a channel, uh, a general GoFundMe. I don't, I don't target it for one person. I'm doing it for the Whitaker family, but that one's separate. But generally, I have a, a GoFundMe that just collects money, and I, I tend to spread it amongst all the people that I interview in different ways. But what was happening with Exotic is everybody was donating money and saying, I want this to go to Exotic. And How much did that generate for her personally? But, but Forty, fifty thousand dollars. Wow, for a young girl. <coughs> Who's off of a fucking GoFundMe? <laughs> what the fuck? Her video got ten million views. <coughs> ten million views. So that that ten million view video just made everybody in the and, and here's here's the part that's super interesting. So I've I've got over a thousand videos on my channel, YouTube Analytics, the YouTube Studio, which is a great app that YouTube has. I have it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And and they tell you everything you want to know about a video, including the ratio of likes to dislikes. Mm -hmm. And generally my videos, you know, if, if it's a sex offender, it might get 93, 94%. If it's a drug addict, it'll get 95, 96%, 97. If it's a nice, sweeter story, maybe 98. Ex uh, Exotics video, first video, got 99.6%. Highest by a long shot of anything I've ever done. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. That, that's the most interesting detail of this whole thing. And if you read the, read the comments on that video before the third video came out, yeah. before the story flipped, the comments were just unanimous. Oh, my God, this is the most heartbreaking story ever. We need to help this girl. How can we help this girl? Mark, how, everybody wants to help her. I think they tripped because that bitch has somebody's name tattooed on her face. They couldn't understand why something <clears throat> hashtag uh, bunny, bunny ears something so beautiful to everybody could have something like that so hideous across their face but see for people out there man and for all the squares and all the people that understand man i'm gonna be honest with you that girl 1000 percent chose that 
She chose that, man. Don't, don't we, let's not fucking act like her face got held down. Oh, we're holding her down. Marker, brander. Man, that bitch laid there with a smile. She laid there with a smile while she did yeah, that. No, no, so I just want everybody to know while they sit there and they watch that and they think that, oh, well, this is something that's just so sad and just so. No, this girl laid down, man. The lines are clean on her face. No, you're exactly right there. The lines are clean on her face, man. She laid there with a smile. The fucking tattoo artist had to tell her, like, hey, don't smile too much. I need your whole cheek. Yeah. That's what, that's what I think the, the viewer sees this really beautiful face. And she's a very beautiful girl, right? Yeah. With these terrible tattoos of a pimp's name on her face. More than one, right? Um, that's just such More a... More than one. Yeah, there was one up here and another, a huge one across her cheek. Look at that. See... That's and, the, and that's the problem with the game, though, Mark. And I've said this to you before. That's the problem with the game. See, you, you can't treat. The, being a lady of the night was never to this. It's, it's not gangbanging. You don't fucking throw his fucking name on your face. And if that's what you're doing, guess what? You're letting the police already know who you fucking with. You already letting them know who he needs to go deal with or who he needs to go find. <laughs> that's right. I hate that about the game, man, that they're no longer ninjas in it. You know, ninjas were never seen. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't really see that anymore. The game is. Man, it's it's the game is it's been watered down game, for a while. The game is now. sold, never told, right? Hey, man, and it's but it's been watered down for a while now, and that's why I've tried to come back. I've tried to resurrect a better image of just what it did stand for mm -hmm. versus what they're giving it two black eyes and a fucking bruise on the jaw and teeth missing. Yeah, you, you do, know what I'm saying? If you're going to do that, that's your that's what you've decided to do with your life, you're doing a great job of that. You you can question whether being a P is a, is a, a noble cause or not. But but if you're if that is and which I believe a lot of people misunderstand what that whole game is all about. That's a whole other conversation. It's a whole. I feel like I feel like me and you captured one of the realest moments of what because you know when I and I've said this I said this before to people because they didn't really understand. Like I told listen I told Adam when I first came and did an interview with him right. I came I sat down with Adam and Adam was like you know I don't think he probably believed me but now that I got you here I can say it like I called you and told you man take that shit down. Yeah you did. They was talking bad. I said, I'll give you your money back. The day after the video. You asked day me, after the video dropped. You asked me to take it down. <laughs> Man, I swear. I think, you, I think it was more than one or two days you were telling me this. Yeah. And I told you, just let it ride. Just let it ride. Give it, give it a few days and you're, you're going to see. Mm -hmm. Was I right? Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm right. Yeah. You were fucking right. Yeah. That, I, that I'm forever grateful. And you know, before, because I want to bring you back, Mark. I like having you around. I need you here with me while I'm moving through this journey. Because I'm going to bring you back, man, because I feel like there's a lot more for us to dive into. Yeah, but let, let me finish with this exotic story. Come on. So, oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, please. So, no. so there's more to it. Please, I'm, I'm please. I'm not going to get into details. But, no, please. But these kind of people. I didn't want to press you. You know, I didn't want to press you too hard no, to no, make no, no. you feel a certain no, I'm not, not going to say anything that's going to get anybody upset. But you have to understand that these people come from a, a, a life that they, they're hustlers. They're just hustlers. And you don't realize how, like when, I, when I'm giving out money, when I'm helping people, I'm, I'm doing it with the understanding that there, there's gonna be some rehab, some therapy, you know, if you have a drug addiction, there's gonna be rehab, there's gonna be some therapy. Yes, there'll be some housing and there'll be some money for food and whatever else mm. you need, but yeah. and she had kids, she had two, two sons. So yeah. there's money for that too. Yeah. But it became evident after a month or so, like there, there's not going to be any rehab, there's not going to be any therapy, there's not going to be anything. Yeah. There's just going to be. I just need more money for my kids, more money for my kids, more money for my kids. I don't even think I don't even know what the details are with their kids, but I've never seen any kids. But um, what, what's interesting about all the people I've helped with with considerable, like significant money, mm -hmm. they become entitled to that money. They feel like they're entitled to it. Yeah. And they, when it starts to get, when it gets cut off, mm. gets ugly. Who was it that you said went to the apartment? Was it you or was it? No, it was me. And you say you found a whole bunch of sex toys laying around yeah, the well, apartment. Yeah, it's you and her boyfriend. So they're, 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 they can do whatever they like, right? That's none of my business. Oof. 
I was being nosy, but but here's here's my. <laughs> How'd you get in, Mark? No, I got a, I got a key from the manager. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm paying for the apartment. I'm paying for the apartment. You did? No, no, no. But I here, told you. No, I told you. No, but here, understand. Learn this. it. But Come understand, on. Understand this. Hmm? I'm I'm responsible for how that GoFundMe money is spent. Fifty thousand dollars. My reputation's on the line with that fifty thousand dollars, and I find out that, or I'm suspicious that it's being spent, misspent. I got to get to the bottom of it quickly. I can't just sit around and wait for her to lie some more and find out in a month or three that I'm giving away all this money. So, and I wasn't giving away thousands of every day. It was like, it, it escalated from 300 to 400 and all of a sudden it's 500. Then she needs 700. Then it was not like, what the fuck? And I even said to her, like, you don't, you don't, nobody needs that kind of money, even with your two kids. And mm-hmm. she would always make an excuse. It was always the kids. Yeah. But, um, it was, uh, it was right about that time that I just I had to do something to figure out what was really going on. And the manager says that no, there's a dude that goes in and out of there. There's a black dude going in and out of that apartment all the time. Like, so I just I needed a key. I needed to go to the bathroom anyway. So I, I just got a key and I went in and like, sure enough, no sign of any kids. And there was uh, it was clear that uh, she was having some fun there. But which is fine. That's all cool. <laughs> not, not, none of my business. Hold on. I ain't laughing at you. I'm just laughing at because I know you, bro. Here's this fucking wholesome. I know you. Here's this wholesome white man walking in, right? He <laughs> He's believing, and you know, because you're a genuine guy. So you're believing everything that she's saying. Like, mm-hmm. I am. I'm on a ski trip with the kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And to walk in and to see all these fucking sex toys laying everywhere. You're probably in your mind like, oh, she's up in here having a good time. You, you know what you told me? You said, Sharp, I walked in, and when I saw all the sex toys, it made me blush. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so now, so, I mean, what's interesting is- You're just people, a wholesome man, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so it's different for him. It's a different world. Yeah, yeah it's a different world for him. He, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. But, uh, but th- th- these people that get a lot of that kind of support, yeah. I'm, I'm doing it. Under the, under the assumption that you're just going to use this as a temporary hand up, so that you can get your life together and, and take your life to another, you know, elevate. You can you can go to another level. You can get a job. You can get your life stabilized. You can get your own apartment and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That wasn't in the plans for her. Yeah. She just wanted to get a new hustle. And when, then when the hustle ended for her, she started resorting to all kinds of other. How did you feel when crazy stuff you? Because I could have swore you said that you, and I, I won't disclose the money, but I, I think that once you found that out, right, I think that you had paid <laughs> old boy to come back. We won't even talk about what oh, the oh, money was, yeah, but yeah. you had paid him to come in with Exotic. I, I, I paid both of them a lot of money to do that third interview. To, to do that third interview and come sit down, and yeah. he pretty much admitted. I mean, to do the math. Figure. Yeah. You, nobody's going to want to talk about what they just, how they just puzzled no. me. Yeah. And then you're going to be on YouTube, and everyone's going to like hate you for it. Yeah. But they, it was cool of them to do it. They both did it. Yeah. But money, money is how that happens. Money is how that happens. It's funny that you understand. You know, I think that you're one of the number one key people that understands how money works. And I don't think you even like it. I see it in your face. You hate how what, what money can make people do. Yeah, you hate it, that. Money shouldn't. You hate that. Yeah, yeah, I, I can tell you do. Yeah. I, I can tell you, you hate even being able to explain that to me right now. Like that. You, you know what my you know, favorite but, thing about this project is that when I go to Kentucky, mm-hmm. West Virginia a little bit, but Kentucky especially, Eastern Kentucky, mm-hmm. I can interview somebody and they'll tell me their, their life story and all that stuff. And yeah. then I'll, I'll, I'll pull out some money to pay them mm-hmm. and they jump back. They won't accept it. They won't accept money from a stranger. Wow. And they're broker than broke. The, the, the median uh, yearly uh, income there is like $12,000. $12,000. And here's some city slicker who's going to peel off a $100 bill for them or something even more. They won't. They refuse it. Well, you know, some of these places that you're going to, man, you know, there's people that get up to get recyclables and things like that, man, just to go make $10 for the day, man. Yeah. And they got a, a buggy full. So, you know, when you you walk up and you give somebody, man, $50, $100, man, they're looking at you like you Jesus somebody, man. Yeah. And they don't mean to. It's just it's not what they're used to. No, but these those people in Appalachia, except the ones that are drug addicted, which is a big portion of that region mm. now, mm. but the ones who are not are the happiest people I've ever met. The yeah. Whitaker family are happy. Look at them. They're happy. You can tell. Yeah. 
That's what made it kind of sick is because they were all in acceptance. They knew because you asked, you asked the girl that was in the rocking chair. What was her name again? Betty. Betty. You asked her because I, I remember you got into detail and you were like, well, do you know why all, all your siblings? I got it. You know why all your siblings are like that? Yeah. I, I, do you know why? And to see her in her face be like, no, I don't know. She's like, no, I don't know what's wrong with them. He asked them genuinely. He did. He asked them genuinely. He asked them, do, do you know why you're, you know, you're, you, what, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with Ray? I don't know. She said that shit genuinely. I believed her. It wasn't for no cameras, man. It wasn't because, like you said, it wasn't for show. Half of them that were sitting there didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a lot of courage for the people to do what they do on my channel. Mm -hmm. You know, for everybody to come out and talk about whatever it is, whether it's a pimp talking about what he does or it's a drug yeah. addict talking about their addiction, all the shame that they have. Yeah. Or it's the Whitaker family talking about their poverty and all that, you know, the crazy situation there and it takes a lot of courage for these people to do it right you know that's I, I really that's something that rarely gets talked about is how how courageous it is to 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 have these talks on do you think the Whitakers even understand what or understood what stepping up to doing something like that even meant not at the time no no they do well, now no I mean you taught them <laughs> taught I'm sure them. they went and we've watched done, we've done how many videos I think three videos now yeah yeah you gonna go back and go film them soon? Yeah, no, no, no. The winter's over. I'm going. Yeah, I'll go back. Say hi to Ray <laughs> and the whole gang. They, they love me. They Mark, love me now. Man. <laughs> they love me now. Yeah, Mark, I appreciate you for coming in, coming to see me. You know you're coming back, right? Yeah, yeah. Because this I'll is do. just the beginning. No, this is just the beginning. Well, you, man. you and I have great phone conversations. I have said how many times Always. this should have been a video. Always. This should have always been a video. have. You and I and I'll tell you this, man. From when you had told me, I'm gonna tell you right now, and I'm gonna return a favor. Hey, man, you're gold. You too. You're babe. gold, man. You, too, babe. you feel me? Hey, the sharp tank. No jumper. Sharpest, coolest podcast in the world. And we out of here. Yuri's girl, shoot us about here. Bye, 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 bye.